Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so excited you decided to join us. Before we jump in and deep dive into our subject today, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsor, sponsors, plural. Uh, first of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. It, it, the customer service is, I, I can tell you a story of like, oh, geez, maybe it was two or three years ago where I couldn't get, I, it was, and it was an older machine. It wasn't one of the newer machines, but I couldn't get it. And they, they literally sat on the phone with me for almost an hour um, trying to problem solve. Eventually we got it. Eventually we needed to get a couple of pieces kind of sent, but um, their customer service. And that, that, that for, at that point on, they had a customer for life. So go mention Coach Unplugged or, or Coach Collins or any of us, and they'll give you $400 off. For you, I said it right, $400 off your next purchase. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, you're looking to expand, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking for resources, teachhoops.com is the answer. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's better than Netflix because it comes with me. <laughs> it comes with one-on-one calls. It comes with um, resources and things to make you a better basketball coach. It has everything that you're going to need in one spot. It has the roadmap set up for you so you know to kind of kind of go tackle of the things that you need in order to solve um, your basketball questions. So go over and check it out. It also helps us pay the bills. So go over and check that out. Also, uh, and I said this, um, I, I said this on a, on a couple other podcasts. We'd love if you go over and check out our other podcasts, High School Hoops, uh, the Five Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast, the Funnel Down Defense Podcast. Go over and check those out. I think you'll love those. Um, we love sharing with the world and leave a five star review. Let's head off the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. And as I did this, and I don't stop, as I un- I unplugged myself, so I couldn't hear myself speak. But now I'm good. Uh, but we don't edit in this podcast because I there's only so many hours in a day. So uh, 
Uh, I was teasing with Coach before we came on, and I'm telling him, I don't, ooh, I don't know where you're going to fall as far as the episode. I think you're going to be in like the 870s or something. But um, so I had the privilege. God, it it literally seems like seems like three years ago, but it was like it wasn't last summer. It was the previous summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet Coach. Made a great impression on me at Vassar. I have a nephew that goes to Vassar. Um, so there's some faster blood in me. Um, my, my nephew plays squash there. So that's an interesting sport. Yeah. He took it up like a year before he went to Vassar too, and he's playing <laughs> squash. So it's like one of those things. Um, very unique sport. Didn't know really anything about it until, until we started playing it. But um, so coach Ryan, uh, Ryan, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and just kind of um, tell your basketball journey, kind of how you, how, where you played, kind of, where your coaching career started and, and why we're sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, thanks for having me, Steve. It's, it's a pleasure to get out and, and do something, especially, you know, with uh, some of the seasons being on paused or canceled. Right. Uh, just having an opportunity to share, share the game. And are you, are you on pause or are you canceled? We are, we are canceled. So okay. two weeks ago, our league had canceled uh, our, our league conference. So, okay. Yeah. That, that, that year to, get better as a as a program so okay <laughs> um but no as far as my journey I, I i grew up i think it's important to know i, I was the son of a, a phys ed teacher a middle school phys ed teacher and an elementary school teacher and uh we went through it um they they grew up on dairy farms so like hard work education like that that was instilled in in me isn't that um, funny how that works i'm like I'm like fourth generation teacher and my grand, one of my grandparents ran a general store and we're like in a little town. Like it's crazy how that kind of all kind of works out. Yeah. And, uh, it's my, my brother and sister both went to Notre Dame. I uh, don't hold it against them, but they, uh, <laughs> they, they played baseball and softball there. So okay. I thought we were, uh, kind of going down that same path for me. I was a three sport athlete, uh, but basketball, baseball, and soccer. And uh, really enjoyed it. But then I realized I was in the Northeast and it's best to stay indoors uh, if you're going to have a, <laughs> a college experience. Right. So, um, went to the University of Rochester, ha- had a wonderful experience as a playing experience. We went to two Final Fours, uh, was part of the winningest class uh, in, in school history. We went 97 and 17 and uh, played with some amazing teammates, friends for life um, that, that helped us get to that. And then, uh, I majored in economics, thought I was going to go, you know, kick the teacher or coaching background and try to make some money. And I realized I didn't like that at all. Right. So in that one year uh, that I was trying the real world, um, I volunteered at a local college program in, in uh, South Buffalo, Hilbert College. And yeah, uh, yeah. I've and- heard of that school. That was actually, I was on Drew's long list, but I do yeah. know that school. Yes. <laughs> Coach to Grand Prix has been there for a while, set up a great program, and, and uh, you know, he gave me that first shot. And then I went to Elmira College um, to get my a graduate assistant uh, and, and was able to work with Where's me. that school? I don't know where that one is. It's a uh, southern, you know, kind of tier of New York State. Okay. Uh, so it's near Binghamton is the probably the closest thing. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was rough. We, we dealt with some losing seasons. We were 2-23 and 23 my first year. And then uh, we were, you know, six and 19. We showed some great progression from, from those two year stints, but it was, uh, that was great for me. You know, do I really want to be 
a coach in dealing with those losses and that that helped kind of you know mold my my strategies and my thought process because I had only been part of you know some of the more winning programs right right I think I think that for especially for the younger coaches you got to no one wants to lose. Trust me. You're, you're probably <laughs> listening to two very competitive people. I'm very competitive, yeah. but first of all, my best coaching season, I think I was 12 and 10, literally in 30 years. I think that was my best coaching. I was 12 and 10. We, we had no right being 12 and 10 the year we were 12 and 10, but the, the losing, I think the, you got to lean into those losing. Cause if you, if you don't take anything from it, then that's the problem. You got to mm-hmm. learn from it. I think it's the thing you got to lean into those losing seasons a little bit. Absolutely. And then like, uh, you know, Tony Bennett was talking about losing with somebody before you can win with them. And and that's something that uh, really shows your character. Like recruiting, I love to see how people handle adversity, you know, and evaluate. So that that was uh, a fun kind of two years. And then I I went up to Skidmore College and that's north of of Albany and Saratoga Springs, beautiful city. My nephew went to Skidmore. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So I have another nephew that went. To Sk- so, so interesting. Literally, never heard of Skidmore. Had yeah. never heard of it. Like <laughs> I'd heard of Vassar. I've heard never. Great campus. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's like a hidden gem. Yeah. And the the parents love to go there more so than the kids sometimes because of you know the track and, and the the horse track and everything. Right. It's beautiful. Uh, and then went back to my alma mater at the University of Rochester for a couple of years and, and had a, a, a fun but unique opportunity um, in 2012 to go down to, to Davidson College and, and work with Coach McKillop. Um, during that time, it, it, was, it was in 2006, so a year after I graduated, one of my teammates, Tim Sweeney, uh, took that position as an assistant coach down at Davidson. And for about seven or eight years, I drove 11 hours down to work, uh, you know, Davidson camp. Hey, so Tim, Tim's at um, Connecticut College, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's been, he did a great job at Hobart and then had an opportunity to to move to Conn College and he's uh, uh, going to continue to build that program up. So it's, uh, but that opportunity, I drove 11 hours there and, uh, Coach McKillop just really just hit me and, and, and uh, was awesome learning experience because unlike some of the bigger schools, um, you know, the coach shows up on the first day and then comes back on the last day. Uh, but, but Coach McKillop's there every day. Like, right. He lectures to his camp of a few hundred kids every day for like at least 45 minutes. It's incredible. And he's there at the beginning and closing. He invests so much in that. And uh, it just taught me a lot just about building a program, the community around you. And uh, it, it, was, it was awesome. So I just went down there unknowingly. And then an opportunity came, you know, six years later to, to join the staff and, and was able to coach at the D1 ranks for six years. Um, and then the last three years, I was able to get a, a, the head coaching position up here at Vassar College, a D3 school uh, in Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, it's an hour and a half north of New York City, and we compete in the Liberty League. Uh, so it's, it's been great. I have uh, a wife uh, that was – we had a destination wedding in Rochester um, <laughs> because we, got ma- we were getting married that year that we moved down to Davidson. So it was uh, – we were all moving down to North Carolina, and we got married uh, a month later in Rochester, and uh, she's been with me on this journey helping me out. 
and we have two kids now. How is the weather? How's the weather in in where hot in the summer in North yeah. Carolina? Very, very. So it, it's uh, twenty minutes north of Charlotte. Um, okay, so you, you're it's about fifteen degrees warmer than you know where in Rochester, New York. So on a on a yearly basis, for the most part. <laughs> okay. It's- yeah. I tell people sometimes when you go south like that, though, it's opposite. Like the summers are like our, our winters in some respects. It's so yeah. hot. You can't be outside. It's kind of gross. It, that, that, that does happen in the summer. It does. <laughs> All right. So let's dive in. Let's talk about coaches offense. Cause so were you there when Steph was there? I was not. I okay. was uh, working those camps. It, like when he was a player. Okay. I joined uh, a few years after he was drafted. So. Okay. But he, he's still around and, and plays, and all those stories are true, as good of a guy as, as all those stories are. No, I think so, too. I, you can, you can kind of sense that. Like, you can kind of sense that. So talk about coaches. Uh, I know when – it was funny because when, when my son was looking at Vassar and stuff for school, um, I remember you talking about the five rules and stuff, and then I remember emailing it because it's like – because I run a read and react. I run a – I'm a little bit of a hybrid of something, but um, – so let's talk about your offensive. Let's talk about what you learned when you were at Davidson. This would be yeah. great. So in Division Three, you're you're like uh, you know master of all trades. You have to do game <laughs> management. You're doing that other things. Uh, you're helping out the program. But in, in the Division One kind of model, you're that's your job. You, you recruit and you prepare to to win basketball games and prepare guys for beyond um, their basketball kind of career so it, right. was, it was awesome it was like getting a phd in basketball where you're just studying this game that you thought you knew um and then you're be able to break it down in such little details and, and realizing that those finer details are the difference between you winning and losing uh games so as far as spacing on the court uh movements different you know those, those things were truly emphasized during my time at davidson uh with coaches rules you want me to get right right in? yeah let's yeah yeah absolutely let's dive I'll, I'll i'll jump in i got tons of questions but yeah uh but th- it was it was very simple you know to try to set that baseline and teach your team what 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 you have to do and right. if you're not doing one of these five rules then then there's a problem the first one's catch and see uh every time and if you go to an au tournament people catch and put it on the ground right away and that's limiting your your options so to catch and see the floor and be able to see what your teammates are doing, how to attack the defense. Uh, that's very important. So catch and see. So do you, do you, is there specific things you do to teach these five things in practice, or do you do it as a whole and then a part? How do you do that? Because yeah. I agree. We run, we, run, we won't run our offense. We won't even let them dribble initially, so they do catch and see. Because <laughs> um, I, I swear, it's like, it's, like the, it's like being on TikTok or something. I mean, they, they want to dribble the ball as soon as they touch it. Like, because it's the first thing they learn to do when they're little kids. I'm convinced it's why. It's like go to a like an AAU tournament, watch the little brothers and sisters. What are they doing? They're dribbling everywhere. You know, yeah. Like grab it, dribble, grab it, dribble. You know. As we were in lockdown earlier this year, we I, I feared that it would be the you know the era of handle. You know, because everybody's locked in their rooms and and working on their basket, uh, their their ball handling, which is good if if they know how to use it. Uh, Coach McKillop always kind of made that analogy the dribble is like a gun right if you, you use it wisely you can have your meal for the night if you don't you could have an accident you know like so it, it to know how to to do those things and and that's the second rule is to dribble with a purpose um when i'm trying to the second rule is is hey if i dribble with a purpose i know where i'm going my teammates know what i'm doing um 
But when I dribble around aimlessly or I dick, 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 dick with the ball at the top of the key, nobody knows what to do. So as you continue to, to add up these rules, so catch and see, dribble with a purpose. Uh, the next one is, is to uh, attack space. And so the game is a war for space. So if you dribble with a purpose and you deflate the defense, you're attacking space. That's great. If you attack space with a cut uh, to fill an open void, or if you attack space with a fake, you know, just, and you talk about learning on catching and seeing that I ignored, it's just being able to catch and rip it, you know, shoulder to knee. You're just able to see the floor and make your defender react. And if he doesn't react, I'm able to rip by him and go shoot a layup. But being in an athletic position is, is what we need to do. Um, and then the, the fourth rule is to help somebody. Uh, if I'm helping someone, you can do that with a perfect pass to the pocket. You could do that with a cut. You could do that with a screen. You know, there's so many different ways to help someone on the, on the offensive end of the court. Uh, and then we're, the last one is to finish your cut. This one's a little bit, you know, different, but the space between the paint and the arc, uh, Coach was a history buff. So, you know, the World Wars, when you have that no man's land um, in, in D-Days, that, that's not where you want to be. Because if you were in no man's land, you'd get shot and you wouldn't be there. So we want to be able to, to cut to the rim or the paint to post or to be a threat. And if you're not open, you finish your cut out to the three-point line. That's, you, don't, you, you, don't, you, you shouldn't stop in no man's land, that's what you're saying? Yeah, or float there. A lot of times you finish a back cut and you've got a guy that just watches the play that's you know, in, in between the arc and the paint. And you, his defender can screw up everything. Right. You know, he can get there to block a help side layup. He can get there to take away a post feed. He can get there, and you're not going to punish him because you're not at the arc shot ready. Um, so to, to make your defender make a decision is, is the key to this offense, and we want to keep it as simple as you can. So okay, that, so so I so okay, I've got tons of questions. So first of all, is the is the line moving back for you guys at D three next year, or they push it back one more? Hey, everybody. Happy Friday, Friday, Friday. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, if there's something affecting your daily life, kind of um, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, BetterHelp is the answer. Um, you can get your, you can be matched with your own licensed professional and from someone who has um, recently had a friend lose someone and been married to a psychologist for 30 years. I know how important it is. And what's great about BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, is they will match you with somebody within 48 hours. And the thing is, it doesn't make sense to drive across town anymore when you have an online option that's actually more affordable, um, would be my guess for most people. And, you know, have they have clients worldwide, you know, anytime messaging, anytime, all that kind of stuff with your therapist. It just seems it would make more sense. Um, go over and check it out. And what I love about them is they're giving a special offer to Coach Unplugged members. Uh, 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com, betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com, backslash hoops, H-O-O-P-S. Go over and check it out and get 10% off that first month. I know we can all use a little bit of this um, <laughs> post-basketball season, but anytime. So go over and check it out and enjoy the rest of the podcast.
it was yeah supposed to be this year. I believe it's next year. It might be pushed back. It might. It's a, it might be a financial <laughs> thing. They might but not budget, do it because budgets yeah. three are slightly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. So that's the first thing. So um, all right. So spacing. So I agree. All the all those things. That, so how do you teach that? Like literally, here's what you, <laughs> we'll run. Read and react. We'll run like he'll they'll do the same thing over they're like little robots sometimes and the, the good ones aren't the good ones aren't the good ones can see the gap or literally the good ones can see when I, someone turns their head yeah. like I've, i had a couple kids on my team last year and if you turned your head for a second they knew to cut and find open space and and i wish i could take credit for it but i really i mean some <laughs> kids just got it and some don't but how yeah. do you teach that spacing because that is so important um we, we tape, tape down spots on the floor. Uh, okay. So if you, if you have some painter's tape, you know, that's a great way to, to help your guys know the details. Hey, you're trying to get to the top of the key. Define what the wing is. You, your goal is to make that language for your program. So, hey, the corner is, is here. You know, this is our spot where you have the wing or, or these slots. Like, those are important places, and you just got to teach the guys why. Like, being at a high academic school – it's really important for us to, to acknowledge what's going on and why, because that gets the guys to buy in. And as soon as these guys understand what they're trying to do and why, then, then they're in it. You know? Right. Right. So. Yeah. They want to know why. Yeah. yeah. They're smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You probably aren't. That's what I always say. You don't, you don't want the, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You always want people that are pushing you kind of to think outside. So I agree. So go through those five again, just one more time for people. I'll put them in. I'll put them or yeah, you yeah. can share them. It's um, fine. But, uh, to catch and see. Okay. Uh, dribble with a purpose. To attack space. To help someone. And then to finish your cut. Okay. And so how do you teach those things? It's got to be in everything you do. In every drill that you do. Um, you know, I, I talked to tip of the day. It was uh, or drill of the day. It was that pass pick catch. What am I doing on that? I'm faking. I'm attacking space with the ball. I'm attacking space with my fakes. I'm helping someone with the screen. You're able to, to, to work and, and uh, to not really dribbling with a purpose too much in there, but those are the little things that we're looking for early. And now uh, a read the coach kind of drill is how we try to make our guys from uh, not just doing the drill, right? We don't right. want to drill, you know, we want to actually right. learn the skills. So, if you have, you know, yourself or an assistant and to play dummy defense in some, some ways when you're working on cutting and filling this space, it's, it's, it really helps them, uh, you know, not be robots. We want to be players. Right. And do they, do, do you do a lot with film? Uh, okay. So let, let's dive into a couple of things with this. So do you do a lot with film with this or how do you do, do stuff like that? Like, uh, I, I have some, some film that I will share today about some of the offensive movements, but uh, I, I want to make sure that, uh, yeah, the film doesn't lie in, in those areas where you're practicing. You can be like, hey, you caught it here. We need you to catch it at the top of the key. But they're like, coach, I'm, I'm here. But that's the difference of completing pass and, you know, the defense intercepting it is to try to get to those spots on the floor. So the, there could be a huge difference between a foot on the floor. Yes. Or 12 inches, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's that, that war for space. And if you get there and, and then you're denied, that's where we're trying to make them make reads. Because if you are able to get all the way to the top of the key and he's denied, that gave yourself so much more space for the back cut. 
Right. If, you, if, you, if he looks like he's going to deny and you break off your cut to back cut early, you, you're giving yourself less space. And, and right. like, so you want to get the, the defense to the point of decision and then you're able to open up the floor that much more. So, so what, what percentage do you get on back cuts? Uh, like, because it's it, what I've noticed at the high school level. It's hard for the cut. The cuts sometimes there. It's the pass. It's hard for very. Yeah. <laughs> so as uh, we're working to to build our program here, we we've made some progress. We're working at completing those passes. Uh, we led the league in turnovers my first year. We we had one, uh, you know, guard that that was a very good player, and, and some of the other guards didn't have that college experience yet. Right. So it was, uh, we, we were a little bit more turnover prone. And, and now it's guys as they're getting better and getting older and more experienced. Now we're able to connect those dots and um, read. Yeah. Because it's a hard, it's, a, it's not only a hard read to, to read the cuts yeah. and to get the cuts, but then to make that pass, mm-hmm. you know, um, obviously it's a D3 guys by the time they're done are able to do it. But, you know, when I'm dealing with my seventh or eighth man, even though we're a pretty good program, that's a pretty hard pass yes. um, <laughs> to make. Uh, so we were like, we were trying to get to 10 to 15%. If we could get those and at least accomplish them, um, it keeps them honest at least a little bit. And that's uh, the, yeah, do it early, right? So especially if you're playing yeah. for- team you, you want to be able to set them up early so they think about it the rest of the game yeah, yeah and it's also it's do it early and it's also like even like passing to the post and stuff it's like i said if you hear someone yell pass to the post it's too late like like yeah. that's either there or if it's not there in a second it's let's go move like they, and they i they hear grandma Strutty! you know it's like <laughs> by the time you yell it's too late like yeah. um it's the, a the turnover time- of that is, is uh, open windows is what we talk about. You know, like the window is open and then it's shut. And when you throw it through the in, in the, the, the window, when it's shut, that's that turnover. So Yeah, and we talk about windows like break a window too, like above the ears, below okay. the, the, you know, break a window and then make the pass. If they're not there, get it out. Like, yeah, I love that. Because um, they remember that kind of, like, it's like pee dribbles. That's talking, going back to dribbling. It's like, like it's like you're sitting there peeing. We don't do pee dribbles, you know. Um, <laughs> it's like seriously. It's like I know you're you're in Wisconsin and you go to the you go pee in the woods once in a while, but stop pee dribbling. Like it's like, no. um, uh, yeah. So do you have film? That'd be great if you do. If you don't, that's fine too. But yeah, like something that uh, we just had some clips. One of uh, I just had a, an assistant coach who just got a head job. Uh, but at the beginning of this pandemic, he was, you know, cutting up some film and, and trying to help our incoming freshmen as well as, uh, you know, our, uh, the, the people on the team understand better about what we were trying to do. So I've, I've cut up a little timestamp. Uh, okay. See if I can share the screen here. But the, our offense is um, working on the secondary screen. So the, the trail, we'll see if I can play it here and get to there our spots. Um, so when we're here, we want our guards in the corner and usually the guard will be at the stretch spot. Um, and then we want uh, our, our forwards to be at the pipe and this front rim or the trail. Right. And our offense, kind of the, the trailer is uh, our decision maker. So we have three options. You can swing it through the trail. 
Um, and then we have a certain action. If he's denied or we want to get something else, he can go screen away for this opposite wing. He can screen away for this yep. opposite wing. And then lastly, he could set a ball screen uh, for the, the point guard. And we have different reads out of these simple actions. I love the, I love the guard down here in the corner closest to us. He looks like he's ready. I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that. So, and, and just understanding, and that's what people don't understand early on, is that they, they break off their cuts right here at the wing. Right. You know? And if they don't get all the way to the corner, their defender is just right here. He, right. The point guard has nowhere to go. And, and we want to deflate the defense any way we can and then be able to make good passes and attack long closeouts. So as that line comes out, is that he's still going to have – he's going to sell – he's going to have a little space in that corner, not quite as much, though. How much yeah. is it coming out, 18 inches? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's going to be – maybe only it was a foot. So it's getting foot. to the FIBA line, you know. So right yeah. now we were like they, – they, the last time they moved it back, they did it in between, which I don't know why. Right. But now it, it gets to the FIBA line. So it will be a little bit tighter. Um, but it will help with spacing, I think. It really, it, it will. And guys that aren't supposed to shoot that shot probably won't anymore. And the guys that it doesn't uh, affect that much, it won't it won't really matter. Right, right, yeah. Isn't that true? Like, the guys, if you can shoot that, you can shoot a foot back. I mean, it's just, yeah. 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 <laughs> All about your shot prep and, and yeah. getting things ready. Uh, but I'll just let it play here. But we reverse the ball. And then we have a three-man operation, and then it's playing with these five rules. You know, like, hey, he passed it from here. He finished his cut out. We try to have good spacing around the outside. Right. You know? and, and as you're moving through that, uh, we'll kind of show you a little bit of an away uh, action here. So let me just – all right. So our forward brought it up. That, that just happened. But right now we'll, we'll get to our spots. It's a little bit slower because we're trying to get to our, our spacing. But, hey, we, we get these movements here. So he moved away. It, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, like this wheel action where right. screeners come in. Uh, but this is an easy way to get a post catch. And we get the ball inside. We dive. We try to fill. Um, you know, how, big, how big is 33? Is he 6'7"? He's about 6'8". He was uh, our, our second team all-conference. He's a senior this year. Um, you know, it heartbroken about him not having an opportunity to, to take one more step forward. But he's right. a two-year captain. He led us in scoring and rebounding last year. Yeah. So six, six, seven, six, eight, and about two. The, the reason I'm asking, especially the people listening, is you just don't see big bodies like that mostly at D3. No, no. <laughs> no. You don't. You just don't. Like, what's wrong? It's funny this this uh, forward here is like about six four, but he's he's at least two thirty, um, and he's a sophomore from San Francisco. So he grew up, you know, watching Draymond Green, and right. uh, he has a lot of similarities. similarities. He was second on the team in scoring and rebounding as a freshman. Yeah, um, but trying to set these screens and, and just you can see these easy interactions. We're not in a hurry, you know. Be quick, don't hurry. Um, but we can get that easy look. And that's what we want. And we have weak side action to, to try to help with this help side defense. Um, something that I want to point out is that we're in this Liberty League, you know, the, uh, and it's, it's a very good basketball league. We just had three, three teams make the NCAA tournament, um, and all of them won their first-round games. You know, this, this team right here that is in purple, 
that Hobart Statesman, they just, they were at the, they made it to the Sweet 16 uh, before the tournament was canceled this year. And, you know, RPI is, is in Troy, New York. Uh, they've made, they won the league regular season in Ithaca College. Um, they, they made, they won the tournament. So we had three teams in the, the NCAA tournament. And uh, all of them were in the top 90% defensively. And so how does that work for your league? Does the winner automatically get a bid and then the rest are like, is that the way it works? Yeah, winner, winner, automatic qualifier. Um, and then Hobart and RPI were able to both get two at-large bids. Okay, because um, it's regional. For people who don't know, it's regional too. So they, when they do that, then they're looking at the region. Like, I don't know how the regions work. And Yeah, so they like, have that ranking in each in – each, uh, yeah, each region has their own ranking system, and they're ranked throughout the year, kind of like the college football playoffs, right? Yeah. So you get that initial listing, and then it stays with that. Is it strength of schedule? It's a factor in there. Yep. So strength of schedule, they take into account who you played, where you played. Do they take how much you win by? I do not know if they do margin. I would, I would literally, you got smart kids. I'd go, all right, figure yeah. this out. Figure out what kind of schedule we have to have. That would be like my homework for like, all right, so here's how it's worked the last five years. Take all this data and figure out what kind of schedule we need to have to optimize our chances. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that, that's something that I know the, those teams that are, you know, and, and each team has to go based on what your league is going to put you through. Uh, right. Like you, you learn about the scheduling and, um, you know, you don't want to beat your team up too bad unless right. you, you have a team that, that's ready to, to win in the league or they're not getting challenged as much as in the league. So you, you want to prepare them for, for March. And that's right. the, the balance that you have to know as a coach. Um, so and the, the last read here is, is the ball screen read where you're going in, okay, the, this defender is really hounding our point guard. And so let's try to give them a little relief. So our forward, the decision maker, comes in, sets a ball screen. And we want our spacing out here. Again, we're finishing our cuts. These guys have to make decisions. So the point guard is not going to rush it. They try to get under. We try to set it lower. Okay. And then you're hesitating and going. He stayed home. Okay. And we got in there and we're able to make a layup. You work on banana cuts and stuff. I call them banana cuts. Like, like a guy, the, the cut behind, I call them banana cuts, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think that's an under, I think the, well, the hard part about that is the pass out to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what we were talking, you were talking about before is that footwork. You got to be able to get in there and then pivot back and kick because it's open at the high school level. It's open all the time um, because they just, kids don't know how to read it. But because yeah. um, I just kind of saw him, he was kind of filling behind the driver. And I think that's a, that's an interesting move. Yeah, and that's that's what we try to teach. Or we call them like loops or fades. Yeah. Um, as as your your try your goal is to create a passing lane to your teammate. Um, and what we want to do is is to drive, get that deflation that I've mentioned a couple of times, and then be able to be under control and make a good decision. What helps you do that? Jump stops. Your, your jump stop. Your pivot game. Um, being able to deliver the ball outside your body to make sure that you can get the ball uh, unobstructed, hopefully in the guy's shooting pocket. Right. Well, what what I tell the kids too is like if, you, the, and, and I'll I'll jump out of my skin when this happens. It happens like three times a year, but they'll drive in. They'll on a fast break. They'll stop and they'll and the guy will literally run right by him. Yeah. He said, if you're under control you're going to get the call. Like when you're out of control, you don't get the call. Like slow down. Like, 
Um, and it's like, and that's it, officials will do that. They'll get, they give the advantage to the person that looks like they're under control and are taking their time. I love that. Um, and so as, as you continue to do it and, and you're, uh, we talk about it as a team, but you, when the game slows down for you, you become a better player. Uh, and that's, that's what's really important for us to, to try to, Hey, it's okay. Cause everybody thinks they got to go as fast as humanly possible. Right. Um, but that's, doesn't allow you to make the best decisions that you can. Is your gym relatively, your gym looks newer than the other gyms you were showing. Is it newer? Uh, it, yeah, this, this facility, the athletics and fitness center was built in 2001. Okay. That's uh, not too bad. Then. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, pretty pristine shape and yeah. it's uh, perfect. Our student body is like 2,500. Right. So, uh, you know, not a huge you know gym, but it creates that environment. Um, so th- these clips right here are more about these like five rules of offense where we're getting it, trying to get to our space. Okay, the point guard's denied. We're getting to our our space. Pass. Read the defense. Play. You know, be right, shot ready. So it, it's nothing that's groundbreaking, but this is when we're trying to run these five rules. When we're trying to get to our space, get deflation, oh, what's open, okay? And then be able to create moves, a jump stop, okay? How can I help somebody? We're standing. It's not perfect, but we have some cuts, okay? And how many – so it reminds me of Bose. So your bigs can shoot them. Yeah, we let them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we let them. That's yeah. a good answer. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like. Um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.